The quick succession of posts was not the result of promotions, but a symptom of Ilyador's rebellious nature. The local press in Pochayevsk had this to say about the young monk. This remarkable man, almost still a boy, with his gentle, pretty, feminine face, yet powerful will, immediately attracts crowds of common people wherever he appears. His passionate, inspired words about God, love for the Tsar and the Fatherland, make a deep impression on the masses and light in them the hunger for heroic deeds. Even his enemies had to admit that Iliador was an exceptional orator. He could captivate people and convince them to follow him like few others, but it was where he wanted to lead them that was so terrifying. Iliador had the face of an angel, but the soul of a thug. One biographer has dubbed him a proto-fascist. In an era known for its anti-Semitism, Iliador stood out for the extreme violence of his hatred of the Jews. He loudly supported the Union of the Russian People, part of the notorious Black Hundreds, and attacked anyone he saw as its enemy. He began to express his views in a series of articles and booklets depicting Russia as fettered in Jewish chains. His 1906 brochure, When Will This Finally End?, addressed directly to the Tsar, offers a picture of Iliador's Russia. The country, he cried, was being ruined by Jews, journalists, the Duma, and the criminal humanity of Russia's legal system. The end of times is nearly at hand, he warned. We strongly believe and adamantly preach that the time of the Antichrist shall someday come to Holy Russia. Russia can be saved, it is not too late, Iliador assured his readers. But the Tsar must act, and act firmly. Violence is the only answer. The death penalty must be reinstated. Anyone who dares to insult the name of God must be executed in the most ferocious manner. Russia's courts must be returned to their traditional role as the shortest path to the gallows, the axe, and the bullet. And such punishment ought to be meted out not just to criminals, but also slanderers, lying newspapermen, and instigators. Throughout the land, and especially at the imperial court, everyone in whose veins flows foreign blood is to be rounded up and banished from Russia. The door to the West that Peter the Great opened two centuries before needs to be slammed shut and for good. To aid the Tsar in this epochal struggle, Iliador placed himself before Nicholas as his most devoted subject, ready to wash from Russia every last vestige of the West. With him, he bragged to the Tsar, marched an army not of black hundreds, but black millions. We are not the black hundreds. We are millions. We are the black millions. Indeed, tens of millions. His former patron, Archbishop Antony, Alexei Hrapovitsky, had to admit Iliador had fallen into the grips of hysterical insanity. Lenin, however, saw something greater at work, describing Iliador as the expression of something new in Russia. 
dark peasant democracy of the crudest but deepest kind. The official church was not ready for any peasant democracy, dark or otherwise, and Iliador became a constant source of trouble. At Yaroslavl, he clashed with the rector, Father Yevsevi, Yevstafi Grozdov, who opposed the union of the Russian people, which led to his transfer to Novgorod. This would become a pattern throughout Iliador's life for the next several years, as he was moved from place to place, threatened with punishment, and closely monitored, until a few years later, Iliador himself renounced his faith in a flash of rage. The Mad Monk of Russia was the title Iliador gave to his autobiography. Imbued with the same paranoid...